so I have a confession. This is Auto Collabs. And the confession is, and I think the two of you will get this. Is this really I, the place? I, I, have to, I have to pick a bone because I feel like Auto Collabs has become Michael's confession. Uh, Michael Cirillo confession. I'm going to get like the, the confessional <laughs> thing and I'll put the priest collar on. Like, go ahead, my son. Right. Uh, my confession, I think you guys will understand this one. Not totally out of left field because I know you're both sound engineers. I know both music production like I I have, you know, we're all sound engineers. Okay, here. okay, what? I sing people's names to remember them. I don't think it has anything to do with sound engineer. Yeah, because it's like, I, yeah, Lindsay Sivatone. Lindsay Sivatone. Right? And that's who we're talking to today. You need like and the only way I'm going to ever remember her name is to hit that bass line on Sivatone. Yeah, that's, I get it. I feel okay, that you pick it it's up. like it's like a gym quick trick. That is kind of like a gym. Yeah, like your well, name, Kyle, is like a like an AT and T, like you know, like a little. Kyle mounts here. That's fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah. it. Well, I mean, Jim, can quick. you record that for my LinkedIn audio <laughs> thing? <laughs> gonna, no, Kyle just need a. I see a freeze frame at the end of that. Dun dun dun. <laughs> right, like breaking through yes. a wall. You need to That's make perfect. that as ringtone. That's perfect. This is this oh, is sad. Why do people even listen? Well, here's to this the show? thing. Speaking of LinkedIn, we definitely <laughs> we scoured the LinkedIn of Lindsay because I can't wait to ask her some of the some of the questions about her history in auto. Um, you know, we've gotten to know her a little bit over the years, but it's always great to to see new faces around the Asotoverse. So uh, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay C. It's I got it now. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited for the conversation. Awesome. I am too. Thanks for having me. Hey, rumor has it that you may or may not have actually sold cars before. That rumor is true. It I is. Mean, anyone's talking about that rumor. I'm not that impressed. Dude, oh, we've heard it all over. It was in a soda All over. There was a Reddit thread about Dude, it. Dude, at the convenience store this morning the- was talking about it. <laughs> you heard well, you were going to be on the show. Yeah, when you find out what it was, maybe this will turn into a little bit of a topic of conversation, but I'll set the stage for you. So this was a Western Massachusetts Pontiac Oldsmobile dealer. So, you know, really aging myself here. (laughs) Lots of linoleum and, you know, those like black, shiny metal chairs. Brass everywhere. I can smell it, too. Yeah, I I can can smell smell it. Sure. Yeah, so we had... uh, Felt cloth seats. Oh my god. You, know, you remember the Pontiac Aztec? Yes. Oh yes. So why did why do we keep making cars that look anything similar? I don't think to that, we do. That was a pretty unique one. Well, it looks like the well, Aztec. I remember so I remember being in the dealership and we had the concept car poster on the wall. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I mean I'm 17. I know nothing, right? Like this is <laughs> I, I started at that dealership to like make phone calls to people. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool car. Car shows up on the lot. And I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> what ha- like from concept on the poster to real life. So we had, we had a couple in our loaner fleet, um, which our loaner fleet was probably like four cars, you know? And so I sold the cherry red Pontiac Aztec with 20,000 miles on Gosh. it. I the loaner fleet. That was a very exciting moment for me. So it was... Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Whenever good. I th- whenever I think of so you sold that car, how long were you selling cars? 
I mean, I've sold cars for years. Do you tell people about this? I feel like you don't tell enough people about this. I, and I have this thing whenever we have a guest on the show <laughs> who is. Uh, Maybe she does. You don't know her whole did history. somebody just say Pontiac Aztec? That, <laughs> you that the was a already. for me to come in here. <laughs> and so I have this thing where when industry partners have sold cars and they don't talk about it enough, I get upset because I feel like that is the most relevant point of connection you can have with any dealers. Like, oh, because once you sold cars, because I never sold cars. I helped service cars and I worked in the back, but like, there's a thing because like I sold cars and they just kind of look at him a little differently than they look. Lindsay's at like, it's actually how I start every call. You're just angry. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think she does. And whenever <laughs> I think I of an Aztec either. with a, that red color, all I think of is the hood of a Pontiac with no clear coat on it anymore. I don't know why. That's right. <laughs> I mean, somebody is still out there hosing out the back. Like there's one out there. Someone's like hosing out the back. Check getting this out. Weekend. Like it's what happening. A hoser. <laughs> oh, there's the Canadian showing up. You got wow. your green card now. Leave us alone. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though. I do try to tell people about this, and I always feel, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I don't know that I'm the best, like, promoter of myself. Um, so my team members often will, like, jump in and be like, did you know Lindsay used to do this? And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it is a great connection point. Like, it is. Well, but there's a fine balance, and I, I get it, because now that I'm, like, two years removed from mm -hmm. being in a dealership, you, like, there's there's an element of, like, once been in a dealership, it's like training wheels kind of thing. You've always kind of been there. But the market moves so fast, and the further you get from it, like, you almost feel this, like, apologetic. Like, I don't want to tell them that I used to work for a dealership. Like, I know what I'm talking about. There's some elements that I do and some that I don't. You Do you get that, like kind of like I mean, fine balance of absolutely i mean we'll be having conversations and i'm like yeah it's been a minute since i wholesaled a car myself right like but fundamentally i can you know there's that shared experience um but that's very very true like i'll tell people like hey i know this but also we've been moving at like light speed over the last three four years and so you know some of that can be outdated um which is why we're doing some of the work we're doing here yeah. And you, I mean, your trajectory, you were on a fairly quick path to executive leadership in a dealership. What, what do you think contributed to that, that path to success? Um, kind of a funny, this is a little bit of a story very quickly though. One of my That's general managers story. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at, uh, I was at a Mercedes Benz store and at the time I was an F and I, and the manager just like randomly, I'm standing at the desk or whatever. He's like, why are you so motivated? And I thought that was like the weirdest question. And I, and I was like, well, I was like, I'm not independently wealthy. Like, I <laughs> and, and I said to him, I was like, listen, I'm not independently wealthy. Like, I don't have the luxury of like not working or like, you know, doing a passion project job. Um, and I said, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to waste my own time when I'm at work. Right. It's like, why should hmm. I show up and put anything less than the most I have that day into whatever we're doing? Because it's like, I'm wasting my own time. And I tell that to people all the time, like, be selfish. Like, think about yourself. Like, what are you doing for you right now in a good way? Right? Like, how are you getting something out of this? So it's what do like, you mean? Like, so what do you get? Like, just keep unpacking that one, right? When you are working hard with motivation, with intention, what are you giving to yourself? I think that's just knowing like when I put my head down on the pillow at night, like I did the best that I could that day. 
right? And it's it's values alignment of like, if I'm going to show up, I'm going to be all in. This right? is the kind of person I am. You're reminding yourself that that's the kind of person you are. I bet you learned a little bit more too. I learned a ton. I mean, <laughs> the other thing too, though, to that point, like let's let's be very real here. I had some excellent, excellent mentors through my time at the dealership, right? I got really lucky and I had a few people early on, like take me under the wing, show me how to do and operate in this business successfully. Um, Without that, I would not have gone as far as I did. Um, 100%. Like I did not do this by myself in a vacuum without a very strong team of people around me. Man, I think we can end the podcast right there. So, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like we've like got nine more one-liners, and we're six minutes, minutes in. Cirillo's just got his mind blown. He just came in <laughs> thinking is- we were talking about us Az- Aztecs, and <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, where Cirillo's like, "Yep, we're good. Can't even say a word." Okay, so this is this is a question because I I ask I get asked this question a lot too. But when you spend so much time on the retail side, and there's an there's a particular energy. Yes, there might be long hours, but also the growth trajectory. What was like, what, was there a guiding reason in your life that said, Hey, this is, this is my time to leave the retail side. Uh, 100% yes. So I will tell you there was a day I was sitting at my desk. I was at Porsche, like the dream job, right? Like I'm a GM at Porsche. I have an awesome team. Everything's wonderful. And I sat at that desk and I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, my son is starting school in the fall. And I cannot keep him home on Thursday anymore Mm. because we had Thursday. I had Thursday, Sunday off. Right. So Thursday was like my day with him. And then I saw him on Sunday and then I realized he's actually going to be in school. I have to send him to school and I'm going to see him one day a week. Mm. And you know, dealership hours, right? It's like early morning sometimes, very late nights. Like, so that to me, I was just like, holy crap. Like that's not something that I'm willing to do. And so that was really the the tipping point to start looking and figuring good reason. That's a great reason. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, and I think I, I hope and I wish this for many people that at some point we can figure out whether it's like hiring people in pairs or putting them on like teams where we can better balance out that, you know, dealership, like working hard, getting the job done with also making sure that you can, you know, it's, it's so tough because it is, it's like, it is retail. Right. But when I, like people say that to me all the time, like, but it's retail, you're in a retail environment yet. The people that are in auto making the money that uh, people are making in auto, especially at an executive level, like nobody else in retail anywhere like go find a retail spot at the mall no. where a general manager makes what more general than ninety thousand. no chance right yeah yeah and so the only people that are making that type of money in the world are working typically at least monday through friday they might be work, make working long hours but they're working that so it, it's it, it is because you see so many people kind of like get to this level and then their family grows and it's like can't do it anymore so i I do. I think, I think that not for everybody, there are some people that that's, that's a trajectory that they'll take and they'll love it and it, and it works for their family. But I do hope that there are dealerships and dealership groups out there, at least attempting to solve that for executive leadership, 
and I love actually we were at um do you know the West Her group? Yes. Yep. So the West Her group is working on this with um uh their frontline employees, uh, especially like salespeople. They are they're they're giving them this like pair up thing where they both work three days a week. That's awesome. But it's basically like they hire one person. Exactly. Yep. Which is wild to me, you know? And these people are all making great money because they basically sell like between the two, 35 to 40 cars a month because there's no like, there's no fight. It's just, we're working on this yeah, together. Split deals. There's nothing, there's nothing I hated more. We split everything. Life was split deals. I was just, it was the worst. Well, because you had the right. ethic you had. So everybody wanted you on their split deal, but yeah, you didn't want to be on anybody else's split deal. Right? Well, I mean, when I was managing the sales, people, oh, like, right? oh, that's oh, it's the worst. <laughs> the, the two, right? Yeah, that, that was yeah, pretty bad. But, you know what I like? Yeah, though? and you what? think about that, like, why couldn't we have managers that operate in the same? You know? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, on the flip side, guys, retail automotive might be the only retail industry in which general managers can wear something other than khaki cargo pants <laughs> tube socks and sandals like we're this well dressed but I, this is fair i, I was gonna this say though fair. you know to the point you were making about family um one of the things i love about automotive is is what you've just shared kind of actually contrasts the you know this this adopted hustle, grind till you die, till your eyes bleed narrative that's out there that we see all the time on social, which is actually retail automotive, there, there's space for everyone, for all different mm. definitions of success. You're you're saying, hey, family's important to me. I'm going to find it now. There is a trajectory that I can follow to pay attention to the things that I've deemed are most important to me and that you're doing it well is just, I think, a, a huge show to the world like, hey, there's space here. You can architect your own growth and you can achieve whatever desired outcome you want to achieve. So I think, I think that's a special kind of underscore to, to what you just said. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I would say too, though, the, so the barrier to entry in a dealership is, would you say fairly low, right? Like yeah, we cargo right, pants and tube people, socks. We're ready to train people. We, we jump in. Um, but for the surrounding parts of the industry, much more difficult. Um, and I think hmm. overall, like hiring practices are evolving and those things are becoming better. But for somebody like myself, I'll just be very transparent. I don't have a college degree. I didn't have that opportunity. It did not work out for me. I also have ADHD, which I didn't know until like three years ago. So I spent the majority of my life, it was just like a complete pile of crap. Explains so much. Right. And so for somebody like me to say, hey, I want to go outside of the dealership and I want to, you know, branch out a little bit. I want to go to some other place, like a little bit more difficult. Um, but I agree. I mean, you can, this industry is so exciting. It is so much fun. And there is definitely a place for everybody. And it's just figuring out how to put all the pieces together. That's great. Now I have to get to this because I would be remiss. Now you're obviously with car gurus. You've been, you know, you've had some time with ally and now with car gurus. But one thing that always strikes me is when you start to get into like what a company actually does and get to know the people in it, it's a, a, typically a lot more expansive than just the like general knowledge slot, like car gurus, third party listing site, right? Now, the people that know car gurus might know that there's like ads capacities and, and a lot more going on 
like behind the scenes or the ability, but I want to zero in on one thing because you said something that I stopped you basically mid sentence, right before we got on the podcast about where maybe one or more of your employees actually work. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I'll give you a little, like, uh, I'll set the stage. Give me the backstory and then, and then jump in. Yeah. So our, I'm on the commercialization team. It's a long, stupid name, but anyways. So we're we're on the commercial side of the business. We fo- primarily focus on digital retail and wholesale parts of car groomers. Very exciting place to be. Um, feeling very like like we on this side kind of operate more startup mode than like our listings and core business does. Um, mm-hmm. And so when my boss was hired, um, which was a few years ago. You know, he came over from many years of experience at Amazon and and immediately said, like, we need dealership subject matter experts. Like, we need to get these people in here to help us build what we're building. And so one of the first roles that he hired for um, was mine. And lucky enough, I was able to, to get in on the ground level. Um, and when I built out my team, my, like, no... You know, I would not um, concede to this at all. The requirement was that whoever I hired had to have worked in retail automotive, like hands down. The majority of our organization, of course, that is not the case. Like we do have people here and there that have come out of that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, But my team is comprised completely of people who've come out of retail automotive. And we're doing some super exciting things. Um, And actually partnering very deeply with a few dealers where they are. 20, you know, like all week they're sitting in a dealership working with the dealer to achieve the goals um, that they've set out. And so we're, we're learning a ton. Like we are hungry for insights and learnings so that we can drive better products. We can drive better enhancements. We can be more connected to our dealers than ever before. And so that's, that's what I'm running with. There's a word that we like to use around here called collaboration. And that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah. Sounds like a little collaboration. Sounds like a little troublemaking. All of it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little All out of, of it. How many of those people do you have across the country? I have four. I have four right now. Um, we're we're in uh, we're in planning stages for next year, so that could change. But it's it's something that has been extremely rewarding, and we've built some really amazing relationships um, by doing that. What kind of learning? Okay, give us like one or two learnings that have come from having people planted at dealerships yeah. full time. Yeah. So here's a good one. We always we talk about here like let's eat our own dog food, right? Which is like let's figure out like maybe how things aren't working the way we expect. And so one of those things is the way our leads show up in the CRM. Now we know dealers are using like a whole spectrum of CRM systems, um, and so. There are times because they're also customizable where our leads are not displaying the way that we would want them to, to delineate like where this customer came from or what type of lead it is. Um, And so something that we're working on really right now, we literally had a conversation this morning about it. Um, And so lots of work being done to figure out how we can optimize that for the dealer so they don't have to do anything extra. And then we're making sure that, you know, information is getting across the line. Um, So that's one example. Which that's huge, super important. Yeah. If you've ever been in a BDC or read a lead, <laughs> yeah, you know that there are some leads that you're like, can't wait to get that one. And other leads where you're like, 
going to have to fish everything out of this, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, 100%. oh man, Lindsay, I, we, this is like the, the roll to the end, but I, there's like, I'm, I can see in, in Paul and Michael's faces over there. They're like, you cut me off, but I'm going to cut them off because we're going to allow people to connect with you. Um, but, uh, this has been an absolute great conversation from, the one-liners of, of leadership and motivation that you had at the beginning to the cool stuff that you're doing with Card Gurus. And uh, can't wait to continue connecting and, and, and see what comes out of this really cool uh, team that you have. So thanks for joining us here on Auto Collapse. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Can I just say, I really like her. She is yeah. awesome. I've never she's met her. I've never like had a conversation with her before, but she's awesome. She's one of our people. Easy. This is that time where you, you know, and this is why I love auto collapse so much because you've got small companies, big companies, small dealerships, big dealerships, people all over the country that you either think you have nailed or you've met someone and it gives you a perception of a company or of an organization. And then like you, you open up this sliver, right? Because car gurus, and I think everybody at car gurus would, would, would notice that like, there's a, there's kind of a split audience on, on the perception of these big brands like that. And that probably comes with any brand, but then you like open up the sliver and you're like, you just get a peek in and you've got Lindsay and her director, her boss enabling this brand new team that works out of dealerships. So cool to collaborate and solve the real problems that they're dealing with every day. Not, the, not from the perspective of tech, but from the perspective of activity. That's next level. Total next level. Yeah. Next I mean, level. like our industry is a Russian nesting doll of perceptions, you know, like look at yeah. what we're doing with more than cars. It's like, let's open that up. The perception that the public has of dealer, probably not accurate perception that dealers sometimes have is of quote unquote vendor or service provider. Like you said, once you like slice it open a little bit and look inside, you're like, oh, dang, like there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. This young lady sold Aztecas and then Aztec. uh, or Aztecs. Aztecas, the Mexican then, place down the street. We're the getting Mexican close place. to lunchtime. Yeah. Hungry. yeah. <laughs> we are getting it was the Nacho Libre reference of Russian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you and then and then was a general manager of a Porsche dealership. Like she, she knows what's up. Auto Nation, right? For Penske. Penske. For Penske. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is the right place to yeah. close this thing down, but the one of the notes I took today was, does anyone say Porsche still anymore? <laughs> and now I know one person, and it's Kyle Mounsier. Porsche. Well, on that note, Sorry. on behalf <laughs> of Kyle Mounsier, Michael Zarillo, and myself, thank you so much for listening to Auto Collabs. Sign up for our free and fun to read daily email for a free shot of relevant news in automotive, retail, media, and pop culture. You can get it now at asotu.com. That's A-S-O-T-U.com. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome, Welcome to, to Auto Collapse. <laughs> Why are we recording? Are we rolling yet? <laughs>